the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning, my friends. It is 11 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Friday, the 27th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And what day of the week did I just say this was? That's right. It's a free-for-all Friday! (laughs) And we are ready and raring to go. Coming up on the program in about an hour, uh, we've got... We've got actually um, two guests. One of them is live, uh, and one of them is recorded. Uh, I wanted you to hear. This will be actually in two hours at three at uh, eleven ten. We're going to talk with, uh, or I'm going to give you a conversation that I had already with um, Chris Hansen. Um, he is, he joined me on Sebastian Gorka's show on Monday when I hosted that show live, and uh, we're going to talk about crime in America, and we're going to talk about some of the most egregious crimes being committed right now, particularly against children. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and there's new information there that I really think you are going to want to hear. So that is going to be coming up at uh, at eleven ten. In one hour at ten ten, we are going to be talking with Donovan O'Neill, um, and he's going to be joining us to talk about. Uh, pushing the backpack bill, pushing school choice in the state of Ohio, which is one of the issues that is on the table, um, sadly, 
um, because of the coup of 22, the Speaker Steele of 23. In other words, this was something that we were almost guaranteed to get passed by a full 67-seat uh, supermajority in the Ohio House of Representatives. There's no doubt it would pass in the supermajority Ohio Senate. There's no doubt that even Mike DeWine would have no choice but to sign that. And we would really, really go a long way towards saving our kids' education. And now it is all up in the air because of the theft, the, the theft of the uh, Speaker's position by Jason Stevens and a cabal of 22 rhino Republicans who have surrendered all conservative credentials they may have ever built for themselves in their careers, every last one of them. So we're going to be talking about uh, school choice and uh, where it goes from here now that this is going to be a dead issue, uh, thanks to the these uh, round of Republicans giving too much power to the Democrats and their super minority in uh, the State House. So Donovan O'Neill will be joining us at 1010. So that conversation, along with, again, uh, 1110, you're going to hear from Chris Hansen, leaves us plenty of opportunities for you to join us two one six on a free for all friday which is exactly how it's supposed to be two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten now before i get to the lead story of the morning i don't want to be interrupted by, uh, in that uh, by doing our pledge of allegiance so i'm going to ask you to rise right now face your flag <clears throat> put your hand on your heart if you would and join us for our pledge of allegiance as we start our day if you are a believer in forcing poisonous shots on a very, very uninformed population by a company that is admitting to using dangerous gain-of-function research, well, then you don't understand what freedom is, and you don't have any idea what that flag represents. You are thus exempted from the request to pledge your allegiance to it. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. I'll explain that story in just a moment for the rest of us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This should be the lead story on every newscast, television and radio. It should be above the fold in big two- or three-inch font on the front page of every newspaper. And it is getting no traction whatsoever. No traction. That, of course, begs the question, exactly how much power does Big Pharma have? The cartel, the drug cartel, the most dangerous drunk cartel in the world, in my estimation, much more so even than the Sinaloa cartel that operates with impunity along our poorest southern border. The most dangerous drug cartel in America is Pfizer, because they have been pushing dangerous drugs on us and conspiring and colluding with the federal government, starting with President Trump and continuing for the last two years with Joe Biden, they have been colluding to get these poisons in the arms of Americans with no earthly idea what would happen. And as a matter of fact, one could argue that was exactly the point. Get them into the arms of every American and really everybody around the world in, in response to the quote-unquote global pandemic so that they could use us all in a giant Petri dish to see what would happen. The complaint of quote-unquote anti-vaxxers, and I think that term is misused, that makes it sound like we're anti-medicine. 
or we don't believe in the the polio vaccine or something of that nature, to, to be opposed to or wary of or wishing to hold on and let's see what the side effects look like in the long term, the COVID quote-unquote vaccine, otherwise known as the profit shots, otherwise known as the private uh, profit jabs, otherwise known as the poison darts, and I've called them all those things, um, is a different story. We had every right and reason to say, whoa, hold on just a second here. Before you start demanding, much less mandating or threatening people's jobs, kicking them out of the service, kicking them out of their colleges, if they don't take these jabs without any knowledge whatsoever of what the side effects are going to be, short-term or long-term. You know the drill by now. From the very beginning, they told us the only two things you need to know about these mRNA drugs is that they are safe and that they're effective. That's it. You need to know nothing else. You get to know nothing else. You'll take that and like it, and that's it. No informed consent, no knowledge of what's in the drugs, no knowledge of what how they work, no knowledge to the American people who are told, roll up your arms and shut your mouth, or roll up your sleeves, rather, and shut your mouth. Nobody gave them anything else other than that order. No ingredients of the vaccines, and again, no short or long-term side effects because they had no earthly idea what they would be. None. I bring all of that to bring you what should be the largest story in America right now. Pfizer has been caught by Project Veritas with a senior executive admitting on what he thought was a date with a curious guy. Yeah, don't even worry about that aspect of it. But this guy, on what he thought was a date with another guy, was being interrogated by the other guy, who was a Project Veritas operative, an undercover Project Veritas employee to try to find out the truth of what is going on at Pfizer. With respect to the research that they're doing and to the drug that they created and pumped into the arms of millions and millions and millions of people around the world. Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer Director of Research and Development. That's a pretty big position. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I missed part of the title. Excuse me, it's a bigger position. Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and MRNA Scientific Planner. Those are all, that's the extent of his title. In other words, this is not some mailroom worker at Pfizer, you know, acting as a whistleblower and spilling the beans that you don't know if you can trust. This is on camera, and this is a senior executive researcher and strategic operations manager and scientific planner planner advisor talking to what he thought might be his boyfriend of the future about their their projects and about what they're doing. He was caught by this Project Veritas employee admitting that the Pfizer approach to COVID going forward will be essentially the same thing as what happened in Wuhan, gain-of-function research. Quote, this is on tape. One of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it, meaning COVID, ourselves, so we could create, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? We have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses, end quote. So in other words, what this Pfizer senior researcher is saying is that what we're thinking about doing is taking the COVID virus and mutating it ourselves in a way that we know we would have a vaccine to, uh, you know, to, to, to prevent. 
So therefore, we could sell a whole new batch of vaccines, a whole new created batch of vaccines to continue to add to the $80 billion a year profits that this company is making. We will mutate the virus ourselves so that we can sell the antidote. This, how is this not the front page and lead story? This entire country suffered in ways that I cannot describe on a, on a three-hour radio program from all of the businesses that were lost to all of the lives that were lost to all of the, uh, as I mentioned, jobs that were lost to the kids' school that were, schooling that was lost. Uh, we, I mean, the effects and the ramifications of what happened with COVID cannot be explained in, in, sh- in, a short, or in short order. And it's all a result of gain-of-function research done in the Wuhan laboratory with a coronavirus that they then released or were careless and allowed to be released. Either way, now now big pharmaceutical companies in the United States, Pfizer to be specific, is saying, we might do that again. That's actually what we're asking ourselves and, quote, exploring is, can we do that again, just like they did in Wuhan, and then we'll create the antidote. Jordan Tristan Walker, the uh, Pfizer uh, senior researcher, told his would-be boyfriend on their date, quote, don't tell anyone. Promise you won't tell anyone. The way it would work is that if we put the virus in monkeys and we successively, successively caught, that's how it's written, not successfully, successively as in one after the other, and we successively cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them, You have to be very controlled, though, to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which is, I suspect, the way that the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. It makes no sense that this virus just popped out of nowhere. It's bull blank. End quote. I could stop the story here, and your mouth should be on your chest. Your lower jaw should be on your chest. You should be just shocked and stunned at this admission by a Pfizer researcher saying that we know this is how it happened in Wuhan, and what we need to do, and what we're exploring to do, is to put this in monkeys and then watch it mutate, and watch it successively go from one to another. Then we collect serial samples from them, and then what? Use those to develop a product that we can not just sell, but force with our collaborative, collusionary, um, conspiratorial relationship with the federal government and force it on everybody. Tell them that the old shots don't work now. This is a new variant. This is almost a new virus altogether that we have, quote-unquote, discovered. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Pfizer is talking about not discovering a new virus, but creating one in a lab with monkeys watching the the, the new virus mutate and grow into something else that they themselves and only they know, and then they create the antidote to it and then sell it to the world. I mean, this is like a James Bond villain-style plot. You can almost just picture the evil machinations, machinations of, 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 of the worst people in the world sitting in their back rooms and, 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 you know, monologuing about what their evil plans are. And we will, we will, we'll, we'll make trillions of dollars. They won't have a choice. 
And we can shut it down only when we choose to shut it down. And you know what we can say is give them half doses and tell them they're full doses and then say it's going to take a second dose if you want to stop the new coronavirus that has somehow found its way and mutated from the original. It's going to take another dose, and they're going to repeat what they've already done. But this will be literally be their own creation. See, this time around, they and uh, uh, who else? Uh, AstraZeneca and uh, Moderna and the other companies that put these mRNA vaccines out there, you know, they had to respond to and react to whatever came out of Wuhan, whatever the coronavirus that we now know as COVID-19 turned out to be. And they had to try to come up with some mRNA that they could legitimately uh, claim, even though, well, let me rephrase illegitimately claim would actually stop infection of this coronavirus. And that's how they got the emergency use authorization from the FDA. They had to come up with something based on something that they weren't prepared for, but they were ready to jump on in warp speed time. Wink, wink. But this time they wouldn't have to adjust. This time they would be the ones creating the mutated virus. And then creating the antidote and then saying, here we are to rescue the world. Except we don't have to share the plot profits with Moderna. We don't have to share the profits with, uh, with AstraZeneca. We don't have to share the profits with Janssen. We will control it all. We will distribute these to the world. And, and, and the $81 billion that they made last year in 2022 would look like what they found in the cracks of their car seats compared to what they would make next. You have to be very controlled, said Tristan Walker. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which is, which I suspect is the way that the virus started in Wuhan. It makes no sense that this virus just popped out of nowhere. It's bull blank. From what I've heard, he said, is that Pfizer scientists are optimizing it, meaning the COVID mutation process. But they're going slow because everyone is very cautious. Obviously, they don't want to accelerate it too much. I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're figuring out future mutations. The problem for this Pfizer researcher is that he did just advertise it because he was talking not to a date, but to a Project Veritas undercover employee. And when he found out, by the way, and if you haven't seen the video yet, I highly recommend you find it. I've tweeted it. Project Veritas has tweeted it. Go on Twitter and find it. It's the most viewed undercover video they have ever created. And remember, they got inside of Planned Parenthood's plans, talking about the selling of of, uh, aborted baby body parts. No one has ever, none of their videos, rather, have ever developed or, or have ever uh, achieved this kind of popularity or this kind of viewership. Over 29 million views already. James O'Keefe, the Pfizer executive, came into the restaurant where the quote-unquote date had just happened and dropped the bomb on this Pfizer executive. And when he told him that he was on tape, he freaked out. And for a good 10 solid minutes, stomped around the restaurant, demanded to call the police, demanded that Project Veritas not be allowed to do this. And at the end of the day, he went over and grabbed the uh, the uh, uh, tablet, the iPad, uh, if you will, that James O'Keefe was showing him that he was recorded on and smashed it. He assaulted the staff, smashed the uh, iPad, thinking that he could kill the evidence. 
But, of course, that was just where it was being shown. It wasn't where it was stored. The evidence exists, and the evidence is online right now. Find me on Twitter at France Rants, F-R-A-N-T-Z, Rants, R-A-N-T-Z. Watch that video, and I want to hear from you. Should Pfizer be investigated right now by the Department of Justice for crimes against humanity, if nothing else? There's so much here to talk about. 216-901-0945. We'll take it to the news and come back on Always Right Radio. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, I want you to stick with me on this story a bit here because, again, I don't think there's anything bigger. And, oh, by the way, I know that there is a video that's going to be released today from Memphis, Tennessee. That's my second big story of the day. Um, It's a a disturbing story from what we've been told. The problem is we haven't seen anything yet. We've only been told. We've been told by the chief of police in Memphis, Tennessee. We've been told by the mayor of Memphis, Tennessee. We've been told by uh, uh, family members of uh, Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, that... This motorist who was pulled over for reckless driving, who then decided to run uh, on foot, being chased down then by police officers and apparently resisting arrest during the arrest, then became something more than just taking him into custody. According to the murder charges now filed against those five police officers, um, they beat him for three solid minutes. They beat him and beat him into an unrecognizable state. He was taken to the hospital where he died. These officers have been fired. They have been charged now with murder and a whole bunch of other things, and there's going to be the video release of that today, and there's a call for calm in Memphis. I don't know how these things always time up the way they do where they hit on the weekends. It drives me crazy. Is it just coincidence? Maybe so. But this video of five police officers uh, in this encounter with uh, with a suspect uh, who is now dead. They're calling it murder. This video is going to be released on a Friday uh, just because it makes it easier, obviously, for people to go out and protest and then let it become violent and riot-y, you know, riots and so forth uh, on, on a weekend. It's, just, it's very troubling that always seems to happen this way, but here we are. So that's the other big story, and we're going to talk about it. The reason you don't know about that story and the reason it's not the number one story around the world or around the country anyway in place of the Pfizer story is because the five officers who were accused now and charged with killing this black motorist are themselves black. All five. What does that mean? I don't know. But that's the situation. We're going to talk about it later. Stick with me on this one for a moment. Do you remember when Senator Rand Paul, in one of the many Senate committee hearings, uh, on the origin of the coronavirus and the response to the coronavirus, uh, had Dr. Anthony Fauci, the dangerous little elf that is also, uh, he, uh, he, he knows himself as Dr. Science. Don't question me, because if you question me, you are questioning science, because I represent science, he said. Remember when Rand Paul went after him over gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab? It, it kind of mattered. It mattered then, and it matters even more now that we have an American pharmaceutical company that is talking about doing gain-of-function research, not in a faraway land, but right here in our own backyards. But do you remember this with Rand Paul and, uh, and uh, Dr. Science? Continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. 
you appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. We have spent, not us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain of function from the NIH well, website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating framework and guide rails of which we operate under. And you have ignored them. The guidelines are very, very clear that you have to be dealing with a pathogen that clearly is shown and very likely to be highly transmissible in an uncontrollable way in humans and to have a high degree of morbidity and mortality and that you do experiments to enhance that, hence the word EPPP, enhanced Pathogens of potemic, potemic, So when EcoHealth Alliance took the virus, no, well, SH-C014, and combined it with WIV-1 and caused a recombinant virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it made mice sicker, mice that had humanized cells, you're saying that that's not gain-of-function research? According to the framework and guidelines... So what you're doing P3, is defining away gain-of-function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible, and you're, you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's, the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab, and what you've done is changed the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. Senator Rand Paul doesn't pull any punches, uh, and, he, and he's exactly right. They changed the definition of gain-of-function research on the website in the same way that the CDC changed the definition of the word vaccine on their website. A vaccine used to be described, paraphrasing of course, as a drug that can be administered that provides immunity from infection from a particular virus or disease. Immunity. It inoculates you. It prevents you from getting infected. That's what a vaccine used to be on the CDC website. Once they realized that the mRNA shots were not vaccines, that the mRNA shots did not prevent infection, once they realized, or actually not even when they realized, but once they admitted that they don't prevent infection, they had to change it, the definition of vaccine and vaccination, to a medication or a drug that lessens the severity of the symptoms when you do get infected by it. So they literally lie and change and then call themselves science. They change these definitions and then expect you to trust them because they are science. So I gave you that little reminder of Rand Paul with Anthony Fauci on what is gain-of-function research, and that is manipulating a virus or an infection to make it more severe in humans, something that does not exist in nature. If it doesn't exist in nature, it means it was manufactured or manipulated by man to exist and then be able to be transmitted from mammal to mammal or human to human uh, in, a, in, a, in a more micro sense, mammal to mammal generally, but human to human. 
That is what gain-of-function research is. So here comes the Pfizer executive in the, in the, um, uh, in the Project Veritas video that we are discussing. Here comes the Pfizer executive, um, Mr. Um, Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and mRNA Scientific Planner, admitting to a would-be boyfriend on a, on a, on a fake date with a Project Veritas uh, uh, private, uh, um, or I'm not private, what am I trying to say? Undercover, an undercover uh, reporter admitting that that is exactly what they are doing. Please don't tell anyone, he says. Promise you won't tell anyone. The way it would work is that we put the virus in monkeys and we successively cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples of them, from them. And the goal of that, of course, then would be to, once we have what the uh, virus looks like, we can then create the antidote and we can redistribute uh, or sell or market the next version and variation of the uh, coronavirus vaccines. So it's all on tape, and it's all been admitted, and now let's put the answer, or put the question, rather, to uh, an expert who can give us an answer as to whether or not what is described in the Project Veritas video that the mainstream media is burying. I turned on as many news channels as I could this morning. No one is covering this or talking about it except for Fox News. No one is, is covering it on their web pages, even except for a couple of conservative-leaning sites. Everyone should be talking about this because everybody has been talking for the last two and a half years about nothing but coronavirus. More than two and a half years. It's almost three years now. It was March of 2020 when they first started ordering shutdowns and lockdowns and things. March of 2020, well, we're just two months away from that. So we can say three years, the whole world has been talking about nothing but what COVID has done. Has it killed people? Have the shots that have been forced on people, killed people instead. Obviously, businesses, jobs, so many education, schools have all been so dramatically impacted by this. That's all anybody's been talking about. Well, here we have an American pharmaceutical company executive saying, we're going to do the same thing that they did in Wuhan to see what happens, and then we can create the, uh, you know, the shot that will, that will provide protection against the gain-of-function uh, born pathogen that we create in our labs. Shh, don't tell anybody, boyfriend. Don't tell anybody, because this could get really, really bad. Is this truly the same thing as what happened in Wuhan? Is this gain-of-function research? Dr. Robert Malone, the patent holder for mRNA technology that led to the jabs, was on Tucker last night to answer that question. It appears it appears that they are recapitulating exactly what was done at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right down to serial passage, in their case, in monkeys instead of uh, humanized mice. Um, but the, the buried lead in this, Tucker, if you don't mind me saying so, oh, please. is the implicit, the implicit acknowledgement that they cannot construct vaccines fast enough, the virus is outrunning them, and they're having to resort to extraordinary measures. This is an acknowledgement of defeat of their vaccine technology and their platform and campaign. They're saying that we have to go so far out on the edge that we're really crossing a line, we're breaking the law, but we have no other choice because our technology is not meeting the need. We're not able to produce vaccines fast enough to get ahead of these virus mutations. They're not able to produce shots fast enough. 
again, Dr. Malone knows this, but he, you know, sometimes we all get caught up in just the ease of the vernacular by saying vaccines. Uh, what we should be saying is the shots, the experimental drug treatments, the experimental DNA gene therapy, DNA altering gene therapy, and so forth. But his point is that Pfizer is admitting defeat because they say we can't get these shots that we are trying to create fast enough to catch up with the variations and the mutations. Uh, we can't do it fast enough. That is an admission of defeat that we don't know what we're doing, and yet we continue to sell these things, and then we hire or uh, coll- collaborate with the President of the United States and the First Lady to do commercials on television and online that say, get your next booster. Get your next booster. It works. This is what's going to prevent you from getting COVID or at least pr- prevent you from getting uh, the most serious complications and and uh, uh, and uh, adverse events from it. Get your next booster. So they continue to lie. They continue the propaganda campaign. And meanwhile, in Pfizer's labs, they are not worrying about getting the next shot in the arm of what already exists. They're looking toward and exploring ways to create a new um, novel coronavirus. A new coronavirus that they then would be able to track from its inception, not reacting to what came out of Wuhan, but they're creating it, they're tracking it, and then thus they can create what would then be a more effective, quote-unquote, vaccine for it. So I, again, I need to know, when does the Department of Justice ever plan on doing anything remotely related to justice? How can Merrick Garland not be in front of a microphone this morning reacting to the revelation from the Pfizer executive that they are engaging in gain-of-function research with monkeys with an eye toward creating a new virus that they would then provide the antidote for? How is this not a criminal conspiracy and potentially a crime against humanity? How is... How is the DOJ not doing anything with this? I, 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 how, do people have to start dying by the scores before you even investigate? We're not talking about being reactionary now. We're talking about doing an investigation to stop something from happening now that it has been re- revealed due to true heroes at Project Veritas. It's been revealed ahead of time before they actually carry this nefarious plan out to conduct gain-of-function research in Pfizer labs and then create the antidote. Now that it's known ahead of time that this is what they're working on, at least find out if this guy's a quack. Find out if this guy, this Pfizer executive, is making it all up. Conduct an investigation. We need full access to everything Pfizer is working on. Everything that they have, uh, every meeting they've held, we need notes, we need documentation, we need your hard drives, we need everything so we can find out if you are about to do something that would replicate or maybe even exacerbate the uh, coronavirus that was released or escaped from a gain-of-function research lab in China. Absolutely, it is the responsibility. And if anybody in the Department of Justice has any sense of credibility whatsoever, that is exactly what they will do. And moreover, if anybody in the American mainstream media has an even ounce of credibility left, they will be publishing this, they will be promoting this, they will be making people aware, and they will be writing on their opinion editorial pages the same thing I just said to you. They will be demanding that the DOJ do an investigation of Pfizer and find out exactly what this evil, corrupt, greedy company 
is really doing to the people of this country. And if they have their way, what they would be doing to the people of the world. That's reality. 953, always right radio on AM 1420. The answer right back. Nine fifty seven, always right radio, AM fourteen twenty the answer. Let's go to Stowe and welcome Jim to our program. Jim, good morning. Go right ahead, sir. Good good morning, Bob. You are the Tucker Carlson of, of AM Talk Radio. I sure appreciate what you do. Um you may have said this earlier, but uh during the tape the guy, uh the executive from Pfizer was stating I will, we will, they will. Uh, but towards the end he changed the definition or at least the the, the terminology. Uh, to directed evolution, and he states directly that we are, uh, that directed evolutionary experimentation is ongoing. So it is not something future. It is current. And the reason Great the mainstream point. media, yeah, and, and the, the reason the mainstream media is not covering this, look at the number of pharmaceutical commercials that you see every day during CNN news, during all the news shows. Whether it's supplements or anything, that's their cash cow. Whether it's whether it's COVID or whether it's something else, and and everything they're doing to fool us is keeping them from doing work on cancer and um, age research and everything else because they are wasting their time and and building these viruses just to make money. Well, you're you're right on so many levels there, and you're exactly right about what you just explained too. Um, the, it's one of the reasons why I give a lot of credit to Fox, and I'm not Fox's number one fan, but I will recognize that uh, when they do things right, they 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 do it right, and. Every uh, whenever I'm watching Fox and Friends in the morning, as I go back and forth between that and Hugh Hewitt, as I prepare my show and so forth, <coughs> excuse me. Whenever I watch Tucker in the evening, the overwhelming majority of commercials are drug commercials. They are from big pharmaceutical companies. So, so Fox makes a ton of money from these pharmaceutical companies that advertise on the highest rated shows on all of cable news, which is are the Fox shows, and they're not afraid. They're not afraid to come on here and say one of the drug manufacturers, one of the big pharmaceutical companies, and I feel like they'll do it with Moderna and Janssen and any of the rest of them as well, are engaging in this behavior. They're engaging in this research. It's ongoing. They plan to do more. They're going to put this in the monkeys and blah, blah, blah. They're still willing to tell the truth, even though it might harm them if pharmaceutical companies freak out and pull their ads. So you're right when you talk about the mainstream media, and thanks for the call, my friend, not wanting to touch this because of the pharmaceutical uh, you know, financial ties, if you will, to these companies. I think it's a great point, but it's another reason why we should be appreciative of those that are willing to put their, uh, their money where their mouth is, their, their money, quite frankly, where the truth is, and that's what's happening here. Thank you for that great call. I want more calls on this story coming up next hour. We do have a guest coming up directly after the news, so stay here on AM 1420, The Answer. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420. The answer. 
Onward we roll into hour number two, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning to you. It is the 27th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And uh, we'll come back to the uh, Pfizer story. We'll come back and get into the Memphis, Tennessee story. Uh, That video is going to be released today on a Friday. It could not be worse timing. Uh, It is also a free-for-all Friday, so anything you want to call about, we'll take your calls at 216-901-0945. We're going to pivot for a moment or two here. Boy, AFP is wearing us out, or we're wearing them out. I don't know. Second time today, or this week, rather, we're going to have an Americans for Prosperity guest on to talk about something that is very important. We covered uh, very, very closely on this program and also on my podcast with Jack Windsor, uh, Talking Smack with Bob and Jack, uh, the... uh, Debacle that is the Ohio State House right now. Uh, the 67 member majority Republican Party managed to screw the entire thing up. Uh, now there are two factions of Republicans the actual uh, Republicans who voted for Derek Marin to be the Speaker, and then the pseudo Republicans, the rhino Republicans, or maybe I'll call them trans Democrats because they decided to identify as Democrats, uh, giving power to the 33 member minority to get J- Jason Stevens the uh, gavel. And now to put in jeopardy all of the conservative legislation we were all very, very hopeful would be, uh, would be passed in this, in this legislative session, including the backpack bill. The backpack bill, for those who do not know, uh, essentially it's a euphemism for a bill that would allow the dollars that a state allocates for the funding of every uh, child in, in Ohio to follow the child wherever the child goes, in a backpack, for example. So if they don't like there, or if they are getting a terrible education or having a very difficult time at their uh, geographically chosen, because that's how it's done by zip code, for crying out loud, public school, and they want to go somewhere else for a better education and a better opportunity, uh, the state dollars that are allocated for their child will follow them. That's in jeopardy now. School choice is a huge issue for conservatives all over the, the, this state. And as such, we want to welcome Donovan O'Neill to the program now. He's the state director for Americans for Prosperity Ohio, and this is a big issue for them as well. Donovan, good to have you on the program. How are you? Bob, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, my pleasure. So, um, like I said, we were all, you know, those of us who are concerned about this issue, and how can you not be, given the state of what many people, myself included, uh, consider to be indoctrination rather than education in public schools, you know, so many of us were excited about the fact that all kids of all races, of, of you know, it, no matter where they live, will have an opportunity to go to a school of their choice. School choice matters, and now uh, that is all up in the air and in jeopardy. Tell me what AFP is doing with this, about this, how you're trying to uh, contribute to the effort. Well, Bob, you know, we are, uh, I like to describe our organization as a megaphone for the voices of Ohioans who want to see a bolder, better Buckeye state. And, you know, for the last uh, several years, we've been working uh, both in a coalition and, and through, our, through our grassroots communities to bring this issue uh, to light, to elevate the voices of folks who are frustrated uh, with their current education system and are looking for an escape valve or looking for an opportunity to, to have school choice. And so I think we're at a, we're at a critical juncture, you know, across the nation, 26 states so far this year have introduced legislation, Ohio among them with Senate Bill 11 to, to empower parents, families, and students, uh, with the choices around their education opportunity. I mean, for my assessment, this has been a, this, um, has been a, a fight and a challenge for, for a lot of years. And in Ohio, we don't like to move in very uh, big, bold ways very fast. Um, we get there over time. Hopefully, though, 
through our work, through our advocacy, and the coalition partners we share in this effort, we're going to be able to get this thing done in the, uh, the 135th General Assembly this year. Well, you know, it's interesting. You're right. It's a good characterization of the way things move in the, the General Assembly in Ohio. We don't do things in big, bold steps. We don't do them in big chunks. We do them very, very slowly and very methodically and, quite frankly, um, you know, to our detriment, I think. I think sometimes the, oppor- uh, the opportunity to nix and find holes uh, in, in very important legislation is given by the fact that they move so slowly. And now, you know, I'll give another example. I was just talking to a couple of representatives uh, this week about uh, other legislation that uh, was was on a I don't want to say a fast track, but was on track to be approved had the Republican majority been uh, uh, been been uh, elected, if you will. It was elected, but if they had uh, unified themselves, um, this would have been done. Instead, now uh, this legislation that was supposed to be has to be on the ballot by May uh, is going to be missed. It won't get there because there's going to be a leadership uh, retreat or or uh, some kind of unification retreat or whatever. And uh, they're not even going to be in session. So when they go so slow on these things, it's almost like the criminal justice system that says justice delayed is justice denied. Legislation delayed when it comes to school choice, for example, is often legislation denied, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, there there are families, right, who, um, you know, I think we've had the opportunity to do this for a while now. The the original backpack bill was introduced last General Assembly, uh, given uh, one obligatory hearing, and... um, that was it. Uh, I think the opportunity, though, last year to really brand and bring awareness to this, as well as coalesce families uh, around this issue and, and begin to connect uh, folks to this idea that uh, of a backpack bill, uh, was the opportunity we had last year. Um, what I think, what I think, we need to be looking forward to this year, right? Around some of the, uh, you mentioned the, the, the you know, the, the challenges in Columbus. What we need to be focusing on is is accomplishing these policy reforms. There's an opportunity here where the the, the policy agendas haven't been laid out yet. Governor DeWine will release his state budget next week, right? So some of these opportunities here in Ohio to elevate these issues and make sure folks in Columbus are aware that these are what we want on the top 10 bills. These are what we want in the priorities uh, as we go through the budget process. That's the phase we're at in Ohio right now. And so uh, encourage your listeners and folks out there to take action and, and, and have their voice be heard with their representatives that education opportunities, things like the backup bill, are legislation that we want prioritized. Uh, this general assembly we're talking to donovan o'neill he's the ohio state director of uh, afp ohio americans for prosperity ohio uh, i agree uh, encourage all of our listeners and all of the ohio citizens who care about this to engage with their representatives and and tell them what they want to have done what else is uh, afp ohio doing uh, in that regard are you able to have meetings with are you able to have discussions with represent uh, representatives and uh, encourage them to uh, to fast track this yeah, it's one of the things we've been doing. Uh, we've been we've been holding new member meetings both um, in a district with with newly elected state representatives, um, connecting them to our grassroots advocates, the folks who knock doors or or write letters or or come to the state house for committee hearings, as well as having those conversations here in Columbus. We've had a we've had a, a handful of meetings uh, just this week with folks, and and I think what we're hearing from legislators is they they know about the backpack bill, they know that education opportunity is important. Um, I think there's two things we need to do. One, connect a level of urgency for these folks in Columbus, these policymakers, uh, so they understand that across the country, right, Iowa has already passed its bill, signed into law by the governor out there, did it within 30 days of the new year, right? So we need to, we need to build a sense of urgency among policymakers around this issue. Uh, but then we also need to connect them to the stories, the stories around why education opportunity is so important. 
to to that individual learner's uh, experience. I think we're doing those two things. That's what our organization is really good at. Um, we're going to see some movement in a really exciting way this General Assembly. So um, let me ask you a, a, a kind of a different question, same topic, um, sort of. Um, I've been made aware of a bill on the Senate side. Well, actually, this is Senate Bill 11. You did mention this. Uh, and This is the mm-hmm. Parent Educational Freedom Act, which expands ed choice scholarship programs um, modestly, in my opinion. Now, it's not modest as far as the homeschool tax credit. Uh, which is $250 to $2,000, but the EdChoice scholarship to go from one school to another would provide $5,500 for students in grades K through 8. That is an increase. 7500 for grades 9 to 12. That is an increase. Um, that can be used at any public community or chartered non-public school in Ohio. The EdChoice scholarship program is, is certainly a positive thing, but it's different than the backpack bill. Do they conflict with one another, or do they or are they are they mirrors of one another as far as you see it? As far as I, yeah, I think that's a great question, Bob, and I think you know I think they're headed in the same direction. Um, I think the North Star that we would want to get to is is a an, an education funding system that is focused on students first and is 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 very easy and simple to access. Something like an ESA, uh, universal ESA program like the backpack bill is envisioned as being, you know, that's money put in that child's backpack that follows that kid through their entire learning experience, right, from K through 12, and, and fully wraps around the child and giving, you know, whatever that those learning needs might be. Things like the Ed Choice uh, voucher program are great, right? They, they, they uh, help folks who are in um, – Failing school districts, they help folks who are of, of low uh, financial means. Um, but what we found is in Ohio, a sort of, I describe it as patchwork quilt of education opportunity. We have a lot of it, but it can oftentimes be very hard for a parent, family to navigate how to access those programs. We recently launched a tool, myschoolohio.com, uh, myohioschool.com, myohioschool.com, that helps folks navigate that eligibility, making it a little bit easier to see the patchwork quilt as one whole uh, uh, resource available to families. Um, and what Senate Bill 11 would do that I think is really uh, beneficial is it would remove the income eligibility and essentially say that every every family in Ohio, every student in Ohio would qualify for these Ed Choice vouchers should they want to take advantage of them. That's a huge leap forward and I think is, is welcome legislation, especially out of the Senate chamber where Senate President Matt Huffman has been a longtime champion of expanding education opportunity for for that, you know, you know what, Donovan, that's a great summary, and I don't disagree with any of it except that it doesn't address the question that I really have here: is can this marry the backpack bill, or would this be in place of the backpack bill? Um, because the backpack bill, to my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> It takes the full amount of money that is allocated per student for education in the state of Ohio, and it allows that student to take it wherever it is that they want to go. This has the cap. The uh, SB 11 has the cap. The Ed Choice Scholarship Program, again, $7,500. Not to say that's not a large amount of money for, for high school, grades 9 to 12, but, for example, if you were looking for you know a private school, a Catholic school in the, in the state of Ohio, I, I can't think of one in northeast Ohio that is under $10,000. Um, sure. you know, so seventy five hundred dollars is a great start, but there are a lot of families who would like to get out of the public school in the district they're in for one reason or another. Maybe it's performance, maybe it's wokeism, maybe it's you know a disagreement on philosophy, whatever. They can't get them there and because st- they don't have twenty five hundred dollars. 
uh, to spend on it. So uh, that's that's the, re- the reason I'm wondering, can SB11 coexist with the backpack bill, or are they going to have to find a way to merge those things into some sort of a, uh, you know, some sort of a, a way to fund any, every kid's choice of school? Well, yeah, I think as you kind of get through this legislative process, right, in the early days of this, of this session, right, they're going to they're going to have a couple of competing ideas. And the idea there is, I think, like you're talking about, begin to merge some of those ideas into into a shared package that 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 accomplishes. Uh, you know, what's at the heart of the backpack bill, which is empowering parents and families around to make the education choices for their students. What, what's great about something like the backpack bill or a universal ESA program, right, is uh, starting out that money, you know, maybe maybe to go for a, a, a kindergarten student, right, is only going to cost about uh, $4,000 a year, and you'll be receiving, you know, a, a $7,500 voucher. Well, the difference of that, $3,500 is going to go into that savings account and begin to build up, similar to an HSA or a health savings account, uh, if your listeners are familiar with those. So when you get to that high school point, right, like you're talking about, and you want to go to that Catholic high school, but it's $10,000 and the current state voucher is only 7500 ideally you've got some of that money saved up uh, over the years of that child's education to where as you're getting more specialized and, and beginning to think about post-secondary education, um, that money's available. That money's in that backpack to begin to draw from for that for that student. So I think they both do work well together. And the idea is, is getting that place where they were empowering parents and families with as much choice and options as possible to make the education, uh, that will match with that individual student needs. Well, I'm glad that this is top of mind for so many uh, people and organizations like AFP Ohio, uh, and I'm glad for the work you guys are doing. I just hope that the uh, state legislature can get out of its own way, considering the mess that they've created um, with uh, the split in the Republican Party and the uh, factions, you know, now three separate factions almost, uh, all looking out for themselves. I uh, I have very, very serious doubts about their ability to do anything, whether it be backpack bill or Ed Choice scholarships or anything else given the current situation. But uh, I'm glad to know that there are groups like yours on it. Donovan O'Neill, thank you so much uh, uh, for sharing the view from Americans for Prosperity Ohio. Keep up the good work. Bob, thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Appreciate it. We're going to also have on the show, by the way, 1023, we'll take our time out here. We're going to have on the show, uh, we're going to have to. um, I wasn't exactly sure if we're going to be able to, but we're going to have to. Senator Sandy O'Brien is the uh, uh, sponsor, Sandra O'Brien, excuse me, uh, of Senate Bill 11, that is the Ed Choice Scholarship Expansion Bill, and they're calling it a Parent Educational Freedom Act. We're going to have her on and uh, talk about the differences, the similarities between that and the backpack bill and find out if it's a choosing an either-or or if they're going to merge together in some way to make this uh, affordable for parents to get their kids where they want to be. Okay, um, Great conversation with Donovan. That's our last interview of the day. Uh, Christina Hagen is unavailable today, so we have clear uh, sales. I, no, that's not the word. What am I trying to say? Uh, we have a clear path in front of us, I guess, uh, for open phone lines. Free for all Friday will begin immediately. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Get involved. Get on the air on AM 1420, The Answer.
Okay, 1027, Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer, thanks to uh, Donovan O'Neill for joining us, talking about school choice. I want to get back to the two big stories uh, of the morning for me, but they don't have to be for you. If you want to uh, address something else on a free-for-all Friday, that's the purpose of free-for-all Friday. You pick the topic, and we'll put you on the radio with it at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. But the two big stories uh, clearly are the Pfizer executive admitting on tape uh, in, a, in a, an undercover report with a Project Veritas reporter uh, that Pfizer is planning on gain-of-function research. In fact, is engaged already in something similar to that. They are going to intentionally mutate the coronavirus that we know as COVID-19 by putting it into monkeys and watching it successively spread from one to another and tracking its mutation. And then, since they will have the information as to how it mutated, they will be able to develop the antidote for it and then sell for trillions of dollars in profit, uh, essentially, uh, the antidote in, in the form of new vaccines. COVID is going to be a cash cow for us, this uh, Pfizer executive says. That's not what we say to the public. People don't like that. Don't tell anyone. Jordan Tristan Walker is his name. We've been telling you this story this morning. If you just turned us on, though, he's a Pfizer Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and MRNA Scientific Planner. And he says, we are exploring, mutating this ourselves. This is all on tape, so we could create, preemptively develop new vaccines. So we have to do that. Uh, if we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no wants to have a no one wants to be having a big pharma company mutating effing viruses. Please don't tell anyone. <clears throat> the way the experiment would work is if we put the virus in monkeys and successively cause them to infect each other, we keep uh, collect serial samples from them. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which is what I suspect uh, the way the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. It makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's bull blank. And from what I've heard is our scientists, Pfizer scientists, are optimizing it, the mutation process, and going slow because everyone is very cautious. Obviously, they don't want to accelerate it too much. I think they're also trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you are figuring out future mutations. So I'm reading you the quotes, by the way, rather than playing them for you because there is a little bit of language in them and also because it's an undercover video. The video is clear, and the audio is clear if you have the subtitles on the screen, which I have on the video. But as this is radio, there's no screen. So trying to understand it through the muffled, uh, you know, hidden microphone is a little bit difficult. So I will continue to read you uh, the text of what was said. And then I want you to respond to it, and I want you to react to it. And moreover, I want you to contact our attorney general. I want you to contact Dave Yost and say, hey, uh, A.G. Yost, what are you doing? Can you do anything, can you and other attorneys general around the country do anything to, to launch an investigation on behalf of the people in your state who might be impacted by this very dangerous admission by Pfizer? Because maybe that's what it will take to get the Federal Department of Justice and Attorney General Eric, uh, Merrick Garland to do some investigation here into what Pfizer's evil, greedy, profit-driven plans are. I think it's that important. We'll talk about that coming back. We'll talk about the Memphis, Tennessee video, and we'll talk to you, whatever you have to say, at 216-901-0945. Coming up on Always Right Radio.
you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. I just can't, uh, I can't stop reading it, watching it, and posting it. I just posted for the second time this morning on my Facebook page, and I'm going to uh, post it again on Twitter and on Truth Social. I haven't put it on Truth Social yet, but I need to. The uh, Pfizer story. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted that they can get away with burying this. I mean, I, some of the comments that I'm getting already <clears throat> uh, kind of underscore this. It proves how corrupt the mainstream media has become and how anti-American they are, that this isn't leading every single broadcast. Rick says the most courageous journalists in America right now, talking about Project Veritas, because big tech and mainstream media are working overtime to bury this story. Thank God Musk bought Twitter. He's right. And somebody else pointed out, because I was praising Fox earlier, but maybe I shouldn't have been because it was only Tucker. Dennis says, why isn't Fox News leading with this story? In fact, they don't mention it besides Tucker. Maybe it's because they are complicit in the big lie. Maybe it's because of what I said before when I was talking about how much money they must make, along with all of the other uh, news nets. That's news networks uh, from from the pharmaceutical companies advertising every single new drug that they can find for your psoriasis and for your jock itch and for your arthritis and for your uh, for your, uh, uh, you know, heart conditions and your your uh, uh, diabetes. I mean, they're just everywhere. The drug commercials have started to dominate the advertising agencies and the television programs we watch. And Fox is no different. Fox takes a ton of that in. Maybe they're worried about losing advertising revenue from Pfizer if they go you know, with the lead on this. So let's have a look-see. Um, the Fox homepage right now, lead story, big, giant, flaming police car in Atlanta um, as the backdrop for what they're afraid of is going to happen in Memphis. <clears throat> oh, I take that back. I take that back. This is this is the Atlanta story. I was going to say I thought this is uh, going to be uh, it'd be driven by the Memphis story. Uh, Brian Kemp, Governor Brian Kemp, mobilizing one thousand National Guard troops and has declared an emergency amid fears of anti-cop violence in Atlanta. And this, of course, ties to what happened this past Saturday in Atlanta when six Antifa were arrested. Uh, for smashing windows, throwing bricks and rocks at cops, and burning cop cars. Um, apparently, they're concerned in Georgia because of what's going on in Tennessee right now. And in Tennessee is the other big story of the day, which is uh, you know the reveal of the video of the police altercation with Tyree Nichols that ended up uh, taking his life. Those five cops have been charged with murder, and uh, they're expecting a lot of protests that potentially could get violent tonight in Memphis or across Tennessee, and who knows, maybe in other places around the country. But I digress. That's the lead story there. Uh, the next four are a brewery that may never recover from a malicious act of vandalism, a governor winning a lawsuit against an illegal encampment outside of the Capitol, John Kennedy, senator from Louisiana, torching Biden after the president's MAGA Republicans quip, and Jay Leno recovering from uh, his motorcycle accident. Those are the next top four stories. Continuing down, border crisis backlash, tuned out, something with Sarah Michelle Geller. Graveyard Schiff, Adam Schiff running for Senate. 
Glorified reality show. A Jeopardy winner trashes the show, blames racism. A story about a woman's pet cat that's nearly three and a half feet long. The murder trial of Alex Murdaugh. And an NBA team's halftime drag show. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know about that one. An NBA team had a drag show for their halftime performance. Unbelievable. Kevin McCarthy setting up votes to dismantle Biden's covert emergency. Pamela Anderson recalling her sex tape with Tommy Lee. And no, 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 it goes. Where's, where's the story? Where's the Pfizer planning gain-of-function research story to use as a cash cow? to expand and mutate the existing coronavirus into something else that only they will be able to track by injecting it into monkeys and then watching monkeys infect one another and seeing how it spreads from one to the other and then creating the antidote, uh, uh, i.e. virus, to make them trillions. Where's the story? I'm still scrolling. FBI, police chief, TikTok, Colbert, cold weather forecast. There's no story. Am I am I am I blind? Am I going crazy? Somebody, Johnny, um, Marianne, Marcy, you as a listener, do me a favor. Scroll your your favorite or at least your most common news sites and tell me if the Pfizer story is getting any play anywhere, even on Fox. I'm looking at the Fox. I'm still I'm down into the economy. Fox News Flash, uh, elections, personal freedoms, world stories, opinion stories, uh, health. You would think it would be under the health, right? Nope, not there. Japan to downgrade COVID-19 classification. Crime, America together, military, entertainment, sports, U.S. stories. It's, they've buried it. It's nowhere. Only Tucker apparently was given permission to address this. Thank God he spent 20 minutes on it last night. Thank God his is the most highly rated and watched program in all of cable news. So people did see it, but Fox isn't isn't even putting it anywhere. I'm blown away by this. You tell me what you find. 216 This This should be on the tips of the tongues of anybody and everybody who has survived the last three years of COVID with all of the nonsense, with all of the mandates from the shots, all of the adverse events, the VAERS reporting, uh, the backlash, the businesses closed, the schools closed. It, this Everybody in America has been impacted by this so much. And now here's Pfizer uh, caught on undercover video explaining what they plan to do to expand it and make it worse, all for the purpose of pocket aligning their own pockets, and it's not being covered. I'm blown away, simply blown away. Uh, let's go to uh, the phones. Um, Lisa. Oh, it's Lisa Woods. Lisa Woods is in uh, Medina County, uh, and I'm sure there must be an event tomorrow at uh, the Thirsty Cowboy. Hey, Lisa, go ahead. Hey, good morning. Yes, there is. Um and I just want to tell you, Bob, you're not going crazy, but this is really happening. Everything you're saying, it's really happening. And it's amazing that the other places aren't talking about it. So thanks for being that guy that's helping helping us, you know, know the truth and what's going, what's really going on. 
Well, that's that's a shame. I'm getting messages, um, even as you uh, uh, you call in here, I'm getting messages. Nothing on the Blaze, nothing on the Daily Wire, nothing on Newsmax. I'm having people do this research for me, and people are telling me what they're getting, and it's being buried. I, I, I'm blown away. I mean, the, the entire world has focused for the last three years on the coronavirus. You can't travel internationally. You can't go from here to there without having it. You can't have a job. You can't go to a sporting event. You can't uh, go to a college unless you have these shots. All of this has been the dominating topic of the world for the last three years come March. And this revelation that one of the pharmaceutical companies that provided the quote-unquote vaccine to protect yourself against it, against it is working on mutating it and, uh, and developing a vaccine of their own that they can be the sole distributor of to, uh, to make trillions. I, and no one's reporting it. I'm, I'm sorry, Lisa. That's not what's being discussed in Medina <laughs> County Friends and Neighbors tomorrow. What is? Well, Tom, Tom Hack is coming, and I'm really excited to introduce Tom uh, to those that may not know him or have heard of him, and even those that have, because he's been doing great work for a long time. But he's a little, you know, farther off from Medina County. He comes from Lake County, and he's done incredible work with Ohio Fan, um, Ohio Freedom Action Network, and you can go online and, and look up ohiofan.com. Um, and also, uh, he's a director of Free Ohio Now. And so he'll be talking about the differences between conservatives and liberals and um, some other things about how we could maybe get through to some of the other folks, you know, that we bump into on a daily basis. You know, that, uh, how, how can we start planting more seeds of freedom? Cause I think most people really do want freedom. They just, uh, you know, kind of been brainwashed. They've been indoctrinated and we have to start pulling them back over the fence to, to where we are. Well, I hope there is a realistic plan on being able to do that because right now I, I I venture to say millions upon millions, and maybe it is a brainwashing, but they don't want freedom. As a matter of fact, they want the opposite of that. They want the government to control your speech, or at least speech with which they disagree. They want the government to control the distribution of wealth. They want the government to control uh, jobs. They want the government to control how much people can make, uh, what taxation there should be. I mean, they don't want freedom. They want to be led around by a ring in their nose. In fact, most of them have no rings uh to make that happen so uh, i hope there is a way and i'm, I'm very in- anxious to too. to see to see how uh that that uh what those suggestions turn out to be but i'm glad somebody's thinking about it so lisa 8 30 tomorrow medina uh, right. uh thirsty cowboy right 8 30 at the thirsty cowboy right at 71 and 18 it's easy to get to and uh i hope i hope i see folks there from from that are listening today and some first timers um, what, what a great audience we have. And we, awesome. we're always getting new people. So, um, thank, thanks thank everybody you, for getting for together and talking about these issues. You thank got you. It. Thanks for what you do, Lisa. We'll talk to you soon. That's Lisa okay. Woods of Medina. So, um, CNN, I just went to CNN.com, uh, CNN. And you know what I'm doing to make it easy rather than searching and scrolling the whole page the way I did on Fox. Um, you know, the control F function on your keyboard, control F is find, and then you can type in any word. And if it's on that page anywhere, it will come up. It'll highlight it, right? So I just went to NBCnews.com, typed in the word Pfizer and my control F, zero results returned. CNN.com, zero results returned. Um, think of another one. Give me another news website. ABC, ABC News. Let's do ABCnews.com. 
And just real quick before I go to another call, Control F, Pfizer, enter, zero results returned. Nobody's touching it. No one will cross Pfizer. How much money does that... Can I stop calling it a drug cartel and call it a mafia family? How much power and influence does that mafia family wield? This is staggering. Bill is in Strongsville. Uh, Free for all Friday. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind today? Hi, Bob. Hello? Yes, got you, Bill. Yeah, okay. um, You know, you're talking about the Ohio Senate. That was an organized... Over under uh, overthrow a coup, you know. Yeah, the the Ohio and, House, you mean, not the Senate, the House side. Yeah, the House. Right, and that was that was orchestrated by the teachers' union for the. Uh, you know, I don't have any, but you follow the money. There's no way they're going to allow the, that backpack bill. There's just no way, and and they they they're very. Ohio is a high tax state. Two percent of your real estate value. You pay every year in, in in property taxes, and the teachers union got a mortgage has a mortgage on your house for roughly half of that, and they're not going to give it up without a fight. And they're very powerful and they're very organized. They are, and I, I guarantee you, if you dig deep enough, you're going to like Tom Patton. I called him a couple times because they had a bill coming up which would limit the number of emergency uh, elections. And what that would do is only once a year they would allow would allow a, a, a vote on a tax increase. Well, that's one of the union's favorite tricks to run an election in August or something. Tom Patton never even re- – I called him like four times, his office. They never returned my phone calls. As soon as I – when that happened, I thought, this guy's not he, – he doesn't he, – he's, he's not even interested. Those, a lot of those guys are in the pocket of the union. And it's the same thing with Renacci. Renacci, he's not in the pocket of the unions, but he wanted to have uh, eliminate real estate taxes for seniors. Well, you know what happened to Renacci. The guy with the cowboy hat got 10% of the vote, and then a bunch of Democrats swung over in the primary and voted, yeah. and voted for uh, DeWine. Yeah, they did, and they made no bones about it. They they pretty much announced that's exactly what their plan was. So, Bill, I, I, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to break here, but thank you for the call. Um, you're not wrong about anything having to do with those uh, teachers' unions, uh, and not just teachers' unions, but other labor unions as well, backed the effort to uh, to stage that coup to, to get Jason Stevens in, and then Jason Stevens did exactly uh, on day one what it was he was expected to do, and that is completely uh, use his power as speaker to ignore every other Republican that is not a part of that was not a part of that coup, and the Democrats. I've got video, which will be audio for you that I can play maybe after this time out, of Jason Stevens completely rejecting all of the rules and norms of the State House in that first meeting that they just had on Tuesday, in which Republicans on the Derek Marin side of the aisle, which means the true Republicans who are uh, standing up for what they voted, um, were trying to offer amendments to committee chairs and to rules and the rules package that Stevens was putting forth, he wouldn't even call on them. He just said, let's vote. And they're screaming, wait, I have an amendment I have an amendment proposal. He ignored all of them. And you better believe 
that, yes, his puppet strings are being pulled by labor unions and, more specifically, teachers' unions. I agree with you 100%. All right, we got more coming up right after this. So I, I almost got excited for just a second. I, I'm continuing to check news sites to see who's covering the Pfizer uh, bombshell with Project Veritas. So I went to CBS News this time and did the Control-F, looked for uh, uh, Pfizer, zero results. So I changed it to Project because I was going to start Project Veritas, see if they, that would bring up the search you know, uh, a result. And it says one out of one. Oh, there is one. So I look for the highlight, and you know what it is? 21-year-old with autism helps run family business. Jordan's summer shirt project became the way. <laughs> there was no Project Veritas, just that project. So literally, I have not found a new site yet that gives a rat's rip about a major pharmaceutical company that is putting poison darts in your arms. Millions of people around this country, uh, really tens of millions of people around this country, if not more, uh, now planning to use gain-of-function research to mutate the virus so they can create another antidote and make trillions off of that. No one cares. TJ's in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, fire away. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, Bob, this Memphis thing, I'm sitting here wondering if we're going to see massive riots like we did in 2020. And I don't think so, and I'll tell you why, because there's a Democrat in the White House. And I don't think there's any question the riots in 2020 were politically motivated by the Democratic Party using Antifa, using BLM as their stormtroopers. So I don't think we're going to see these massive riots because they don't want to make Biden look bad. Uh, and you know it won't make Biden look bad. You will see riots, and they won't make Biden look bad because Biden will be on their side. Biden will be joining them. Biden won't be trying to tamp it down. Biden will be uh, in support of this, and uh, and that's why they're going to go and do this. And they're going to say these are this 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 police brutality nonsense. Even though it's not going to be able to be racially motivated because it's five black cops, but they're going to say this police brutality is motivated and driven by MAGA Republicans, which is what he does at every turn. So Biden will be on the side of the riots. And that's why this isn't going to stop them. And closer to home, uh, last night on the local news, they were showing the city of Cleveland in 2022 had 3,500 less arrests than they did in 2020, even though crime has gone up. And when they talked to a uh, police union spokesman, he was very clear why. He says, first of all, we're over 300 policemen down to where we should be. Uh, We can't pursue criminals anymore in the city of Cleveland. And he said many policemen simply are afraid to get involved because they feel they'll end up in jail because yeah, it's of the, it's the fir- yeah, that's yeah. the Ferguson effect. And, and every one of those things is true. Thank you for the call, TJ. i got to get to our news. We're going to come back, and you're going to hear from Chris Hansen uh, taking down predators, and we're going to talk about crime on the rise all across this country and what we're doing to cover it. So that's coming up on AM 1420 The Now we're going to be face-to-face. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and Keeping Medicare Simple. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools, and our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis 
didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Alrighty then, hour number three underway now at eight minutes past 11 o'clock. It is the 27th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2023. So this past Monday, I uh, hosted uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka's show on Nationwide Radio, and I had an opportunity to talk with Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen is my man. He's uh, my partner, if you will, in that we each have television shows on the True Blue Streaming Network. And Chris and I talked about... Um, uh, you know, the crime that he has been taking down for 20 years now across all television uh, vehicles and venues. He's been taking on predators, and what he's doing now uh, is a continuation of that and then some. He's shining a light on something called sextortion. That is right, extortion by way of sex. Uh, the conversation I had with Chris, again, was on Dr. Gorka's show on Monday. That doesn't necessarily mean you've heard it, so I want you to hear it, because this is impor- some important stuff. Um, Chris, you may recall, is the guy from uh, from NBC who used to take down Predators for NBC. Now he's doing it on takedown, and I apologize if I'm reintroducing him, but I do want you to hear this conversation, because crime in America is out of control, and what people are doing to uh, stand up against it matters. So this is my conversation from Monday on Dr. Gorka's show with Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen is an investigative reporter, one of the most well-known investigative reporters in America. He is the host of Takedown and True Crime Nation, two original television programs on the True Blue Factual Streaming Network. And Chris Hansen joins us now to talk about uh, the horrific increase in some of these violent crimes, particularly sex crimes. Chris, good to have you on our program here. How are you, sir? Good, Bob. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Thanks very much. And I'm so glad to be, you know, to be talking to you and to know that you're still doing what you do and what you have done for so many years. Chris, ballpark it for me. How many predators have you encountered? Have you, have you stopped in their tracks through your so many years of taking down predators who are online trying to communicate with and coerce young children as they think, uh, are young children to, uh, to meet up with them to engage in sexual activity before running into you and local law enforcement? How many people do you think you've stopped through the years? Well, I, I think we've stopped thousands, but physically, face-to-face, the number is probably close to 500 in terms of, you know, guys who have surfaced in our various sting operations who showed up at a sting house to try to have a sexual liaison with a teenage boy or girl, probably around 500. But when you figure that according to law enforcement, every time you stop one crime, one criminal in this venue, you probably stopped, you know, six to 12 potential crimes. So exponentially and uh, collaborating with law enforcement over the years, I think we've stopped thousands of potential uh, crimes against children. 
You know, and we have some anecdotal evidence of that, too. When you, you know, your videos have been viewed hundreds of millions of times over the decades, uh, taking these people down. And, and in some of them, like the ones that we can see right now on takedown, you actually see them look at you and say, oh, my gosh, I was hoping to God that it wasn't going to be you. Uh, and, and because they know what you do. And they know that when they engage in this behavior online, they know that on the other end, it might be the little kid that they desire, and it might be you. And their and their own selfishness and their own depravity leads them to take the chance. So, how many of them you have to wonder? Like you just said, are thinking, "Man, that might be a sting. That might be Chris Hansen or somebody just like him." I'm not going to go through with this. So, you have evidence well, of that right out of their own mouths. Well, exactly. And and think about this: we've been doing this particular sort of sting operation uh, for going on 19 years now. The predator uh, investigations and. Oftentimes now in the current investigations, we have guys in the actual chats with the decoys saying, is this a Chris Hansen operation? Is this a law enforcement sheriff so-and-so operation? Wow. And the decoy will say, well, who's that? And so there is suspicion. People know we're out there. I know we're a deterrent to some percentage of these guys, but the, the drive and the urge to commit this crime is so strong that they cast, you know, any caution to the wind and they show up anyway. We had a guy in a recent investigation just right before Christmas where he turned the corner and said, you're Chris Hansen. They're, oh, my God, it's Chris Hansen. He, he thought it was a possibility. And this was a guy who had surfaced in a previous sting conducted by the Genesee County Sheriff's Office ghost team. Uh, that's one of the uh, areas where we collaborate with law enforcement around the country. And, and he got away with it that time because he didn't show up. But here he is again in another sting. And he does show up and he comes face to face with me and the sheriff's ghost team. We see it all the time. We saw it in Polk County, Florida, guys saying this isn't a Chris Hansen situation. And then showing up and sitting down with me for a 30 minute interview, almost fanboy. So what does that tell you? You know, it's a crime where demand reduction is very difficult. And so the best defense is to educate uh, your children. It's a discussion that has to take place between parents and children at the earliest of ages when they have access to the Internet. And you have to, to tell them the dangers, share with them the dangers potentially that are out there. And there's so many places where adults can approach children. When we started doing these investigations, we merely had decoys in chat rooms on AOL and now the number of social media platforms, Bob, has exploded to include, among many other things, interactive gaming. So you have to be very careful. Even social media platforms like Instagram, which we think are relatively safe, we are finding cases where kids as young as 12 years old have been approached, groomed, and then victimized by a predator. We're working on such a story right now that we've got to do on Tribune. Well, we're talking to Chris Hanson, Hanson, a longtime investigative reporter doing uh, predator stings uh, and and, and catching pedophiles in the act as they show up to engage in sexual activity or essentially to rape what they think are underage victims uh, that they've been talking with online. Chris, you're following, in addition to continuing to take these people down through the stings, that you can, uh, okay, and I'm told we just lost his call. So we're gonna we're gonna have to get him back on the uh, back on the line here, but what what I'm gonna talk to him about when he comes back on is in addition to the takedown series that he is doing now on True Blue Factual Streaming Network, and again full disclosure, 
I'm hosting a daily show on that on that network as well. It's going to be actually just literally launching. It's called True Blue Daily, in which we talk about true crime stories. We talk about true crime investigations, police investigations, uh, and also controversial social issues. Some of them crime-related, some of them not. Some of them politically motivated and oriented as well. But... Um, but in addition to what Chris is doing on Takedown on the True Blue Factual Streaming Network, um, Chris is following very, very closely the number of cases that have exploded of, uh, of uh, 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 sexploitation and um, the increase in sextortion, as it's being called. And this is, again, these are online crimes where predators are seeking out young people uh, and, you know, sending them pictures, sending them lewd pictures of themselves or what they think of themselves and asking for these back from the kids. And once the kids get hooked into the situation, they feel oftentimes like they're powerless. They feel like they have no way to get out of it. And so they find themselves, uh, you know, kind of kind of like stuck. The the predators will tell them, I've got these pictures of you now. And I'm going to release them. I'm going to share them with people you know if you don't show up here and and engage in whatever activity that I want. And I'm told we do have Chris Hansen back on the line now. We had a little bit of a phone glitch. Chris, can you hear me? Absolutely, Bob. Sorry about that. That's all right. It happens. So in addition to the takedown series, I was just telling folks, Chris, about uh, you know the FBI warning of the rise in sextortion. And I was trying to describe what some of the predators are doing to young people uh, in these cases. Can you tell us more? Well, it's very disturbing, and it's a trend that that has increased uh, over the last year. Very disturbing. And, and what happens, Bob, is that scam artists, half a world away, oftentimes uh, in West Africa, will pose as young women online uh, and approach young men online, establish some sort of rapport, and then offer a sexually explicit photo and ask for one of the young man in return. And when that photo or that video is provided, they will then try to extort them and threaten them and say, if you don't give me money, I'm going to send this to all your family and friends. And these kids are 16, 17 years old. Um, they get anxious. And the irony is that many of these kids are straight A students and athletes. They're the good kids who are so shocked and embarrassed that they might be, um, you know, outed in this way uh, that in many cases they, they, they're anxious about telling their parents. And we've seen cases where these kids have committed suicide. And they are, the scammers are targeting specifically this group of young men because, you know, look, they, they don't see past the problem that they're dealing with. They don't understand that, so what if somebody were to share these videos? You know, it's a problem that can be dealt with. They don't understand that if they just went to their parents to explain this, that they'd be forgiven, that they'd work past it, they'd be just fine. They'd still go to college. They'd still do all the things they want to do in life. But these kids get caught up in the moment and the scam artists are so prolific and so precise in terms of uh, threatening these kids that they often freak out and they take their own lives. And, and there have been at least 12 suicides that we know of across wow. the country over the last year. What is the FBI, beyond warning about it, doing about it? What is, uh, are there steps being taken to, to try to protect these kids from this type of uh, uh, this sextortion, as it's called? Yeah, the FBI and law enforcement around the country are taking a very proactive and aggressive stance on this. And because the criminals, the extortionists, are often half a world away in West Africa, it is difficult to pin them down, locate them, and hold them accountable. But what 
federal and local law enforcement agencies, including the San Jose Police Department, have been able to do is to find these money mules to, um, to, to figure out who these people are in the United States who are coordinating the extorted money and getting it back to the, the con artists in, in other countries. And so they are holding those people accountable. But I have to tell you, in terms of the proliferation of this crime, when I was last week or the week before out in San Jose at the police department talking about one of these cases, the day before, four reports of sextortion came in just to the San Jose Police Department itself. So if wow. four come into San Jose, you can imagine what's going on uh, in, uh, across the rest of the country. It's epidemic. So if you had advice to give right now to any young people who might be listening who may have faced something like this, or maybe they know of a friend, or maybe a parent right now, um, what's the advice? What do you tell them if they find themselves in a situation where they had a lapse in judgment, they made a mistake, and they're being victimized in such a way by somebody a half a world away? First to the children, it's not as bad as you think, right? Uh, your mind, in your 16 or 17 year old mind, you think this is the end of the world, that your reputation that is so important to you, your image on, on TikTok or on Instagram or any other social media platform has been ruined. It's not. There are steps you can take. It's not all over. You'll get through this. It's very important to understand that this is not the end of the world. And to parents, Parents have to tell their kids that, uh, look, just because somebody says that they're an attractive young woman in San Diego uh, doesn't mean that there's some, you know, fat old guy in his mother's basement trying to extort money from you. You know, it's it's it. Not everybody is who they say they are. And if you do make an error of judgment, come talk to your parents. We'll get through this together. We'll fix it. But for God's sake, don't think that, you know, it's, it's, everything's lost and it's all over. I mean, I, to sit across from parents who've lost a 17-year-old boy in this way, Bob, it's absolutely gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. And, and I've done it far too many times. And, and I've made this a, a mission just as I had made uh, catching and exposing child predators. These are child predators. They're just going they after are. older, older kids. And, and I, I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to get on this soapbox and I'm going to keep reporting on it for as long as it takes because it just, it's, it's so important that we cannot lose another young person's life to this, this sort of tragedy. Yeah, very well said, you know, Chris, and uh, parents sometimes wanting to be their kid's friend and not wanting to violate their privacy, let them have their space. They don't check what's on their kid's phones, and they don't ask, who you talking to, what are you doing, and they really, really do need to do that. You've got to make sure that you are in a protective mode because of so many of the online scammers uh, that are out there targeting kids in one way or another, and this is a horrific way. So, Chris, we know about takedown. Like I said, you're still taking down predators. You're setting up stings with local law enforcement agencies all over the country to catch these pedophiles, and that's fantastic. But you're also telling true crime stories by way of True Crime Nation, another show that you've got on the True Blue uh, factual streaming network. What's that about? Well, it's a crime news magazine, Bob, and it allows us to delve into any number of stories ranging from, you know, an exclusive interview with uh, John Ramsey, the father of John Bonet Ramsey, uh, on the 26th anniversary of her killing and and the key he thinks to solving that crime and the DNA uh, evidence that he believes needs to be independently uh, examined to uh, all kinds of different crimes and scam artists and breaking news across the country from the Idaho killings to, you know, the, uh, the uh, Q club 
Club Q uh, mass shootings, any of these cases across the country, we have the ability, uh, because of the way our streaming networks is set up, to respond to these stories and to get access to information and interviews that you won't see anywhere else. And so we, we've been working on um, uh, True Crime Nation for some time now. We've got uh, one of the episodes up. We're getting ready to put the second up, and uh, we're going to make this a weekly show on uh, True Blue. All right. That was my conversation with Chris Hansen on Monday on Dr. Gorka's show. And uh, I, if, you, if you love watching him take down Predators, subscribe to True Blue. If you want to see my new program, which is called True Blue Daily, which is going to be an interview show, it's going to be a commentary show, it's still becoming what it's going to be. There are two episodes posted now of True Blue Daily with Bob France uh, that you can watch. Um, they are just a shell of what the whole show is going to become. We're shooting every single day and making new, adding new elements and new segments to it. But if you want to watch Chris take down bad guys and you want to see Sheriff David Clark taking you through police shootouts uh, forensically and through the eyes of a police officer, these kinds of programs, subscribe to the True Blue uh, streaming network. It's it's five bucks. It's four ninety nine a month. That's a cup of coffee a month, literally. And if you use my name, Fran, uh, my code, uh, which is uh, France Year, F-R-A-N-T-Z Year, Y-E-A-R, France Year, you can subscribe for an entire year and save 15%. So then it comes like to under four bucks uh, a year or a month rather. So just go to uh, uh, the app, download it wherever it is that you uh, get it. And if you do it from the Apple uh, App Store, the Google Play Store, if you get it from your streaming uh, television uh, 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 program or television set, I should say, however it is that you get your tablets, go ahead and go to True Blue Factual Streaming Network, download it, subscribe to it, watch Chris take down bad guys, watch me talk about all of the crime going on in this world and in this country every day on True Blue Daily. It's 1125. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1127 now, Always Right Radio continues. Uh, let's get a couple of phone calls in here before the bottom. If you want to get in, by the way, we've got another segment after the bottom of the hour news. Dial now, 216-901-0945. It's a free-for-all. Sally is in Berea. Sally's been waiting patiently, now on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for hanging in there. Sally, go right ahead. I think we are immersed in a beyond science fiction horror movie with Pfizer as the sponsor and beneficiary. But I'm afraid I'm not surprised that media has blacked out on any coverage. But the reason I called was to wish Johnny Heil a belated happy birthday, because I couldn't yesterday. My best wishes for him, besides good health and the ability to continue to develop his amazing talents, is also that he can still live in a country that will function as a constitutional republic with um in the in the future i want him to have the same opportunities available to him that i have been blessed with as a member of the baby boomer boomer generation may god give us the will to preserve our heritage and finally i wanted to commend him on that hilarious ghostbusters segment um it made me laugh so hard and we all need we all need the opportunity to have a good belly laugh to cope with this crazy world. Thanks, Bob. 
You got it. Thank you very much. Yeah, Johnny did amazing work on uh, Wokebusters, as obviously was the parody that we did. <clears throat> it was uh, it was tremendous. We may play it again. Who knows? Why not? Uh, just had his birthday yesterday. What was that, Johnny? Oh, oh, Johnny, I'm sorry, Dale Officer, our production uh, specialist uh, as well. Uh, but uh, just tremendous stuff by Johnny, who does the vocals on all of those things and writes these uh, tremendous uh, bits. And so, yeah, I wish Johnny good health uh, in the coming year as well. And uh, my wish for him uh, in his uh, 29th year is that... You've just got to try harder not to suck. We'll be right back. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. So as I have continued um, to conduct my search for coverage of the Pfizer uh, scandal uh, by way of Project Veritas, the admission of a Pfizer senior researcher that they are conducting gain-of-function research, uh, intentionally mutating the coronavirus to something else by way of injection into monkeys and watching them infect one one another, tracking those infections, seeing what those uh, mutated viruses look like, and then creating their own antidote to it in the way of a quote-unquote vaccine, all because this is a huge, quote, cash cow. These are all words from the uh, Pfizer executive who was caught under the undercover uh, uh, video. As I look for coverage of this, which should be the biggest story in the world, considering that the coronavirus has been the biggest story in the world for three years running. Uh, At least in March, it'll be three years. And I continue to come up empty. ABCnews.com, nil. NBCnews.com, nada. Uh, CBSnews.com, zero. Foxnews.com, nothing. Theblaze.com, nothing. Breitbart, even Breitbart, conservative Breitbart, nothing. I've had people checking on my staff. I've had people asking you, you finding anything on Pfizer admitting to gain-of-function research, which we want Dr. Anthony Fauci locked up for funding in Wuhan, China, being done uh, in their own labs here in the United States. Pfizer's headquarters are in New York. I don't know if that's where their labs would be, where they would be doing this with monkeys, but uh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot closer to here than Wuhan, China. I've got one person who said there's a, there's a story on Steve Bannon's War Room website, and that's true. And Dr. Gorka had it on his show yesterday. But those are far from what we would call mainstream media, which was my point. On War Room with Steve Bannon, by the way, it's not even the headline. The lead story is the United Nations planning to criminalize spreading misinformation that causes social disorder and hatred. Down in the China plus pandemic section, which is the second down on the War Room page, you do see James O'Keefe, much smaller than the headline. James O'Keefe reveals massive expose of Pfizer's secret gain-of-function research. How is that not blasted at the top of the page and on every other page that I'm talking about? I, I, I Look, if I'm James O'Keefe and if I'm anybody who works with Project Veritas, I am making public declarations that I am not suicidal. I am putting it everywhere I can to let everybody know if I die, I did not kill myself, something happened to me. Because there is no end to the power that apparently big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer have that people are terrified to even cover this. Terrified to even tell the truth about what was caught 
on video and sent the Pfizer executive into a rage in which he physically attacked and assaulted Project Veritas crew and grabbed and smashed the uh, the iPad or the tablet that was uh, being shown to him of his own words. He smashed it, apparently thinking maybe if he smashes that, there will be no record of what he did. But, of course, it was all being filmed in other places and stored in other places. But um, it's nowhere. It's nowhere, as far as I can tell online. It is nowhere. All right, last thing I want to do um, is I want to I want to bring this up because apparently not only did they wait until Friday to release the video in Memphis of the death of Tyree Nichols, uh, black driver pulled over for uh, reckless driving, decided he wasn't going to comply, ran on foot from the cops. Cops chased him down, arrested him, and apparently in the scuffle, uh, according to the charges against the five black cops right now, which is kind of important because I think if there were five white cops, you would already see this country on fire. But it's five black cops and uh, a black driver. Uh, they've all been charged with second-degree murder and a host of other charges. They were fired and now charged. And the video that apparently is so graphic and so disturbing uh, that the chief of police has already decried it and pronounced them guilty, it's going to be released not just on a Friday, which is bad enough, because when you do these things on the weekend, things get incredibly worse. It's not going to be released until Friday evening. Not this morning, but tonight. As the sun goes down in Memphis and in Atlanta and in all of the other places that are planning anti-cop riots, it's uh, it's going to be released tonight. This is the chief of police uh, of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, who is African-American herself, on CNN with Don Lemon. So, um, as, as someone who's been involved in the whole police reform conversation, you know, going before the Senate, it's just important for me as a leader to, to not just talk about police reform, but to take swift action and also to, to represent other law enforcement leaders who have also reached out, who also believe that the way we handle these types of things, and unfortunately, a man had to die for us to get to a point where we could actually exercise what justice looks like. But it's important for us to prove to the community that no matter what, we're going to do the right thing and that we're going to work on our agencies. We're going to take a deeper dive and not just assume the officers are doing what they're supposed to do. Now, I don't know what happened in that traffic stop. I don't know what happened in the scuffle that led to what they are calling a beating that led to this man's death. But I do know that the chief of police just pronounced him guilty in front of a nationwide audience. And what I do know of the criminal justice system, where one is presumed to be innocent before proven guilty, one is presumed innocent until proven guilty, um, This man, these men are not going to be able to get a fair trial. Said the same thing about Derek Chauvin. Said, and, 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 and I think he was guilty of extraordinarily horrific judgment. I still think the drugs killed George Floyd, but his actions contributed to it in a big way. He was responsible for his death, if not a flat-out murder. Um, I'll say the same thing here. I don't know exactly what it's going to show, what the video is going to show, and I don't know what the evidence before a jury is going to look like. But I will tell you this. The chief of police just pronounced her five officers guilty and declared that a man had to die for a die for us to get to a point where we can exercise what justice looks like. She has declared them guilty on more than one occasion and more than one interview, which I find very, very, very troubling. Is that in an attempt to show accountability? 
and transparency so that the riots are a little bit less dangerous, maybe. But I do know that this is, uh, this is only getting started. It is nowhere near completed. Pray for peace tonight in Memphis. Pray for peace tonight in cities all over the country once this video is released because it does have the potential to cause a great, great problem. That's all the time I have for you today. Don't forget, download the True Blue streaming app. Use the code FRANCEYEAR to save 15% on it. Everyone have a safe weekend. Be well and stay free. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.